Hi, we've got three stories from Curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn why time seems to go so fast these days, why you should consider sleeping twice a day like they did in olden times, and the mystery of huge ancient stone jars in Laos. Let's satisfy some curiosity. Ashley, have you ever been to Asia? Never been anywhere, Cody. Stop badgering me. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> oh, I feel so bad now. That's okay. Uh, well, if it makes you feel any better, I haven't been to Asia either. Okay. I really want to go to Japan. Me too. But I haven't made it happen yet. Today on Curiosity.com, we wrote about a mysterious archaeological site in Eastern Asia, and it's called the Plain of Jars. Had you heard of it before? I had not, no. It's a more than 2,500-year-old collection of giant stone jars on a grassy plain. And they ranged in size from 3 to 10 feet, and they weigh up to 14 tons apiece. Wait, a 10-foot jar? Mm-hmm. So, like, larger than a person, a, a huge jar larger than a person yeah. that weighs 14 tons. Jeez. Like, really big. So they're huge, and they've been studied for decades, but we still don't really know that much about them. We know very little about their origins or what they were used for. For a while, we thought that they might have been used as funeral urns for chieftains, but there were very few organic materials that were found inside the jars. So it was like, maybe not. Until, that is, 2016. There was an excavation by researchers out of Australia, and they uncovered a burial site where human remains were found in a few different ways. Some were in ceramic vessels, some were in pits covered by limestone blocks, and some were buried in a traditional grave. So they confirmed the jars were used for mortuary purposes and suggests a new theory that the jars served as a place to decompose bodies before burial, which I didn't know was a thing. Yeah, me either. But researchers have found similar clusters of jars throughout Asia, and they form a path all the way to northern India. So scientists think the jars might have been used in an international trade route through Asia, and it's possible that travelers could have used rainwater collected in the jars during dry seasons, and that might explain why they found prayer beads at the sites possibly left behind as offerings. Wow, well, you don't want to get those confused. Mortuary sites and places to get your drinking water. Probably not. Not so much, no. Unfortunately, researchers are still kind of limited with how much they can dig into the site's history because of landmines. The grounds are home to thousands of unexploded landmines left over from America's secret war with Laos in the 1960s. which is so secret, I didn't really know about it. Didn't either. Yeah. And officials are working on getting the bombs removed, but still only seven of the 85 sites are open to visitors. So it's still a cool place to visit, just as long as you stick to the official visitors' destinations. You can see pictures of this and lots of other cool sites on our Curiosity Travel Instagram account. You can search for Curiosity Travel or find our username, all one word spelled out, at curiosity.com travel. Nice. Cody, do you sleep through the night? Through the night? Straight through? I mean, I might wake up for a minute, but otherwise, yeah, pretty much straight through. I sleep like the dead. Like, I just (laughs) sleep all the way through. I'm a very heavy sleeper. Well, a third of Americans are not like me, and they have some trouble staying asleep through the night. It's pretty normal. But... I've got good news. Maybe you don't have to. Maybe I'm the one doing something wrong, and this third of Americans are doing just what's natural. It's actually possible to plan a sleep schedule that keeps you rested, even if you hit a three-hour insomnia patch every night. Really? Yeah. In fact, that's actually how pretty much everyone slept throughout most of history. People used to divide their sleep into two separate periods, which we'll call first sleep and second sleep, kind of like first breakfast and second breakfast. You know? <laughs> like the hobbits do. Yeah, exactly. Between those sleeps, people would do chores, they'd read, they'd pray, they'd even go outside to visit friends. Lots of non-Western cultures did this, including indigenous communities in Nigeria, Central America, and Brazil. 
Historian A. Roger E. Kirch says that that's how humans actually evolved and our sleep cycles were disrupted later. The main reason, I think you can guess, is the electric light. You used to have to stop what you were doing when it got dark outside, so that's what people would do. And experiments have shown that people wake up for a while in the middle of the night when they're deprived of artificial lighting for long periods of time. I would love to try that. Just yeah. Just go camping forever and see what happens to my sleep. Forever? Maybe not forever. <laughs> <laughs> just going to run into the hills. Yeah. <laughs> but that suggests that a pattern of segmented sleep is actually hardwired into our brains. You can read the details of the science behind all this today on Curiosity.com and on the Curiosity app for Android and iOS, but you can try segmented sleep for yourself. If you work a nine to five job, then you might have to go to bed within a few hours of getting home to let yourself wake up for a few hours in the middle of the night and then go back to sleep. So it might be hard for us like office workers. But if you work the night shift, this could be a way to fight the health effects of your unnatural sleep schedule, which are pretty bad. Let us know if you try it and how it goes for you. In other news about how the modern world has ruined everything, <laughs> Ashley, is it just me or does it feel like time flies these days? Yes, I never have time for anything. Especially at work. Especially at work. <laughs> well, back in the day, things objectively took more time. I've wondered about this a lot, right? Like taking a horse and buggy versus, I don't know, flying somewhere or handwriting an entire book or, you know, sending a letter overseas. It would take months for a letter to arrive right. versus a minute email. So if we objectively have more leisure time than before, then why does it feel like we have less time than ever? Well, today we're going to answer that question with a three-part answer from history and science. Ooh. The main things are awareness, insecurity, and progress. So we'll talk about each of those. Andrew Taggart is a philosopher, and he recently wrote that capitalism and the rise of hourly wage labor is a big reason. If your boss is always watching the clock, then you'll start watching the clock. And the more aware you are of the time, the faster it seems to go. But we're also watching the clock because we're insecure about our jobs. Between the economy and the idea that another human or robot might replace us, we're obsessed with seeing how productive we are. And there's some research that backs this up from business psychologist Tony Crabb. He said that whenever we complete a task, we end up taking on more tasks. So basically, even if we get more done by managing our time better, the result is just that we become busier. That is so sad and bleak. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's not super positive. I promise we'll end on a positive note. <laughs> <laughs> but Andrew Taggart put it another way. The philosopher really put it in a bleak way, saying, quote, Financial insecurity begets endless anxious activity and, in turn, an acute sense of time famine, unquote. Well, the last thing we mentioned is progress, and that has to do with a fundamental philosophical shift in how humans see the world. Back when religion was like the backbone of society and law and everyday life and was like the center of the universe, people thought we were made in God's image, and we kind of figured that's about as good as it gets. But these days, people are really obsessed with progress, and because the world is never perfect, there's always more to do. So we've got a couple ideas for feeling like you've got more time, though. First, be aware that according to in-depth surveys about how we use our time, Americans actually do have more leisure time than our ancestors and more time than we ourselves had a few decades ago. And the other thing that you can do to not feel this way about losing time is to chill out. Anxiety fuels panicked feelings about time, so try things like meditation, yoga, breathing exercises. There are tons of ways to work on your anxiety, and you can find a lot of ideas for where to start on Curiosity.com. Won't cost you a penny. Yeah, and I find that it seems like being more organized with the things you have to do makes you less anxious about those things. And so maybe using a few productivity tips could also help. We love productivity hacks. We do. We have a lot of them. 
And you can read more about this report and productivity hacks a lot more on curiosity.com. Join us again tomorrow for the Curiosity Daily and learn something new in just a few minutes. I'm Ashley Hamer. And I'm Cody Goff. Stay curious. On the Westwood One Podcast Network.